0: Tell me a little bit about Shattered Glass. I know that's the, the name for your baby that uh, you've gotten up and running to serve young girls in our region.
1: Yes, that is. I, I said recently, as cliche as it sounds, it is truly the most important work I've ever done. And it is, it is my baby. I love it just like my third child, Um, and so I, a couple of years ago, well actually four or five years probably, I applied to the Google Innovator Academy, um, which is an amazing resource that connects you to some of the most incredible people I have quite frankly ever met in my life. Um, It's a two-day training provided by Google for EDU, and as part of that, I was accepted into Boulder, Colorado cohort in, um, let's say June of 2016. And so as part of that academy, you are given a mentor and resources to develop and iterate a, basically a passion project, something that's important to you. When I originally applied to the Innovator Academy, it was with the idea of creating a fellowship. Well, when I was finally accepted, we had already moved full steam ahead on that project and it kind of left this void of, okay, what am I gonna do now that I'm here? And, um, you know, Girls in STEM was, was my next boulder that I wanted to tap boulder, Colorado, ha ha ha, pun intended, I didn't even <laughs> I mean for it. that time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, good at puns unintentionally. Um, but I I knew that I wanted to do something and so, I started working on shattered glass in Boulder, Colorado, last um, June, and it has taken many forms over the course of a year. And I knew that for me to do this right, I needed funding, and that was when I applied to the Hills Together um, initiative to kind of just kickstart that program. And so, statistics show us that girls' interest in STEM peaks at 10 to 11. Ish and significantly drops at 14 and often never recovers and I knew that for me just based on my own experience with middle school kids that if we don't have a solid foundation before they go into those middle school years that's probably why their interest is dropping is because they don't have that foundation and so I knew that I wanted to target 9, 10, 11 year olds specifically to really get them excited and to show them all the possibilities that exist in STEM fields. And so that was sort of how I came upon, you know, targeting that 4th through 6th grade age group. But we provided a two-day camp where, um, you know, the girls came for two days. We had breakout sessions and it was my two favorite days of my entire career. Just saying, so.
0: Well, it's definitely uh, something I've seen reflected in my own experience because I actually have a bachelor's in science degree, but getting there was not, I wish I had more women along the way that had said, hey, you can do this. You, you know, don't just have to do what's easy, but things that are going to challenge and push you. So I'm just so glad that there is more of a team approach to encouraging these girls earlier in their careers. And I think you mentioned uh, earlier about the importance of mentoring and seeing people go before you on these paths that you're really you know leading the way in terms of somebody they can not only look up to but that you're creating this supportive environment for them to be able to have those influences that will keep encouraging them as they move forward
1: for sure well you know i think it's very interesting and i always bring this up when i talk about Shatter glass we we had a sit with me event at our center at our early college and career center where my students and mr allen's students in the it pathway were able to showcase just some things that they are working on and at that event is when we really lo- we launched i guess sh- the shattered glass registration and kind of told people what it was and what our what our hope was and um i it was a google form simple google form for registration We posted that link, Quixie shared our link, and um, it had over 100 shares on Facebook, and registration capped at 75 in less than 36 hours. So that, I mean, even still saying that gives me co-chills, because it is not... There's not a gender gap in STEM because of a lack of interest. It's a lack of opportunities. And it was so fun for me to go back because, I mean, I didn't even know that you could do this, but you can. You can do anything on Facebook. But you can (laughs) go back and look and see who shared and then go back and look and see what was said on each of those individual shares. Don't think I didn't do that because I was reading all those conversations on all those shares with all those people on Facebook that I did not know that were in our community. And it was so fun to be able to see the excitement. Because not one time did I see a negative comment, a negative share, anything. And so it just was validation that this was something that our community needed.
0: Well, as a mom, and know you are as well, I was blessed with two boys, so I'm teaching them to uh, love and encourage women in, in their futures, but uh, as parents and as community leaders, what can we do to reinforce the things that you're trying to teach young women?
1: well i mean i i think you know there's just so much out there um that resources that exist you know i i took both of my kids i brought both of them to both days of shattered glass they're six and seven and i wanted i wanted grant my son to have just as big a part of this initiative as vivian um because i wanted grant to see that there is a gender gap in computer science in stem fields there is a gender gap that exists and i think recognizing that is the first step understanding that you know we're not trying to give girls a leg up we're just trying to even the playing field and so you know if there was a problem in another area then then we need to fix that problem as well and so I think people sometimes get tripped up on why is this why do we not have this for boys or why do we you know and my my answer to that is literally we need to just show them that it's real and and it's not you know something that we're making up um and i think just i I think having conversations with our kids too you know i had i had a mom come up to me at the end of shattered glass and she made me cry like the ugly tears because you know it was so special but i did not know this mom but she came up to me and said my daughter came home talking about you know, how there are, there are few women at executive positions at Google and, and the glass ceiling and how she's going to shatter the glass ceiling and, you know, my nine-year-old daughter is talking about all the things that she's going to do in her life to fix that and, you know, that was really special for me because that's a conversation that's encouraging that transparent dialogue, you know, with our, with our next generation that's
0: so important and it's so encouraging to think about you know what if there is a generation where they don't have to think about mm-hmm. that being a factor and but still embracing where we are right now which is creating these conversations and that's exactly what we're trying to do too with Boss Lady Coaching in this podcast uh, so we're definitely right on board with you there I would love to hear more about um, as you mentioned mentoring and I think that's again kind of what Shattered Glass is is doing in a In direct way, I guess you could say, Uh, but would love to know more about who have been mentors you've had over the years and how did you find them? Because we see a lot of women that want that kind of community and that kind of support, but sometimes get stuck on a roadblock of how do I look for a mentor? Do I just go up to somebody and ask them or like, what does that look like? So I'd love to hear about your experience.
1: I have listened to a lot of podcasts on that very question, just finding mentors. And I think it's one of those things that you just don't know it until you find it, and I don't know that I have a whole lot of good advice other than, you know, to be very specific and intentional and in who who you allow into your circle, who you place into your circle. Um, you know, I I look for for people. I, I pay attention to their strengths and the way they interact, and you know, their positivity. That's something that's very important to me. You know, I don't want to spend my time around negative nannies. You know, and I think just. Paying close attention and, and being intentional with your circle is important. But, you know, I I think we as women do ourselves a disservice because we are a lot of times our own worst enemy. Um, you know, it's, it's not the norm to want to be around strong, powerful women. A lot of times it's women tearing other women down. And so I think you know, recognizing a strong, powerful woman and bringing them into your circle, you know, as a mentor and as a friend. And, you know, I can say that about some of my closest friends. They're, they are people that I admire and that, you know, I see growth areas in myself that they have strengths in. And so I would say that my closest friends are, are some of my greatest mentors.
0: Well, I know you have so many projects underway, but when you look ahead to the future, what does success look like for you with any of these projects or in your current role? Uh, what's ahead for you? Is, I'm sure you're going to make it happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, every day I wake up with a new idea in my head, so it's hard to, to really articulate that, but I think For me, if I feel like I'm making a difference somewhere, then it's going to be a project I'm going to take on or an idea that I'm going to follow through. I just... I want to make a difference whether it's in the lives of students of teachers of you know the the community in general whatever Um, that is that is the number one thing that I am looking for I mean teachers developing the leadership potential in teachers is definitely one of my passions as well as girls in STEM Um, recently I have started dabbling in you know graphic design and I, it is, it is a hobby. You know, Chris Bauer, we were talking about him earlier. He asked me um, a few months ago and said, what are your hobbies? Like, do you have hobbies? (laughs) I mean, it's a little embarrassing. I don't even know why I'm telling the story, but you know, I, I think about my hobbies and my hobbies are always like work centric because I don't really feel like my work is work. It's more like my work is a hobby. And so therefore everything I do is a hobby, but people don't understand that, you know, you're nodding seriously, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I totally get it. (laughs) Well, it's like, I, you know, I have one of my very best friends, James Allen, I mentioned him earlier is a librarian and he, he's probably the number one uh, mentor in my life. He has taught me more than I could even sit down and articulate in a day, uh, much less one podcast session. But um, he, one of his greatest strengths is, is designing graphics and working in Adobe. And that was, all, I would call him and I would say, I need a graphic. Hey, I, make me this. Hey, make me that. And he would do it. But then I just got to the point where I was like, why am I doing that? Okay. I'm already learned something new. So I told him his new project for me, I, really, Hardin County Schools owes him a stipend for all the this, all this stuff he's done for me. But I said, okay, your new project is you're going to teach me Adobe. And so I've spent the summer learning how to use Photoshop and Illustrator. And that's what I do at nighttime is I just think up things to design or draw or, you know, whatever. I started noting on my iPad. And so I enrolled in Skillshare on, online and learned how to hand letter. And I mean, you know, it's just... I I don't know, it's very dorky. I'm so
0: glad you shared this on record because I promise I won't uh, ask too much, but like the fact that you're good at this, that is one of my many weaknesses. So I will really try not to take advantage of the fact that I know this now, but I am that person that's like, I don't really know what this should look like. I don't really, I know it when I see it, but like figure it out, make me a draft. And uh, Mm -hmm. we really need creative and talented uh, people like that out there. So I'm really excited that you've just jumped in and you know, learning it, and why not? Why
1: ask somebody to do it when you're perfectly capable of figuring it out yourself? Right. And I am addicted to challenges too. Like I love. I mean, I say this, and and James, for I don't, he's mentioned this at least eight hundred and seven times in the past month. But I have become obsessed with Photoshop, and so I'm constantly doing stuff in Photoshop. And uh, it was just a month or so ago that I sent him terribly inappropriate profanity filled text messages I hate photoshop (laughs) photoshop is the devil you know and now I'm like ah photoshop gimme gimme but it's not a pretty thing for me to work through a challenge by any means but I'm addicted to that overcoming that and and you know I, I just relish in the success of overcoming challenges well, it reminds me of
0: when I was trying to help my own mother overcome some of her tech phobia and getting things like email and looking online for, you know, instead of texting me before you come visit, what's the weather going to be? Like, you know, they make Google and you can look these things up, not to not help her, but help her figure out how to answer her own questions. And finally, one time I just had to tell her, look, mom, you're not going to break the internet. Nothing you can do is going to break it. And mm-hmm. honestly, you could see a sense of relief where it was like, Mm -hmm. oh you mean it's really okay for me to play with and so i think what you're talking about is just jumping in playing with things like you've seen you know some of the the boys in stem programs that you've done Mm uh you know not necessarily that they're more natural at that but it just has been something they've been encouraged to get in there and figure it out and don't
1: worry about breaking it i try to do that with my own children too like in my classroom I had a poster on my wall that was three before me. So they had to, they had to do three things to figure out their, their problem before they came and asked me. And I try to do that with my own kids, too. You know, if their iPad doesn't work, okay, well, what can you do? Close it out. Turn your iPad off. You know, and I try to help them work through that. And that... You may not realize this, but Tony Wagner's book, Creating Innovators, um, The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World, that's one of the key um, trends in that whole book is raising up kids who can problem solve. So. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's a great takeaway for us all
0: that even if, uh, if you are a fellow teacher, if you're a parent, if you're a caregiver, uh, even if you're a manager, that we can all be better about helping empower each other to solve problems. So I will be taking that away from our time today is uh, instead of solving people's uh, or answering people's questions for them, going to ask them to make a couple attempts before they come for that solution and really thinking about how that's the best way to empower people in the long run. For sure. Well, I do want to wrap up, Brooke, on a, a positive note just to reflect upon one of the things that we try to circle back regularly with the podcast, which is an example of something that we have each done to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones, which we've covered a lot of ground today that talks about how that's so key to being able to move forward and achieve your goals. So I would love to know um, just. Briefly, something that you've done lately that was an example of of you taking your own advice and pushing through uh, those fears and making something happen.
1: Well, I would say probably our recent endeavor of YouTube Live videos for teachers. That is definitely, you know, being live with an audience is is something I've never done. I've I've put videos out there and I've edited videos and things like that, but putting yourself in front of a live audience is very intimidating and scary and it's it's rewarding though too and it's been really fun you know our first episode was a couple of weeks ago and being able to see the views climb and the impact that you know those videos are making on real principals in Kentucky and are benefiting from, you know, just that risk of of putting yourself out there. And and too Seth Godin, he says if you're not failing at something, you're not trying anything new. And so I, that's important to remember too when you're, you know, working through this stuff. You can't expect my boss Blake Tab tells me all the time, not everything's a slam dunk. So, you know, expecting and preparing for that turbulence ahead of time I think is important in in overcoming too. that's fantastic,
0: and definitely, I will say, you were my one uh, thing that that could have intimidated me, Uh, and certainly, when I look back on, uh, gotten to meet you in passing and stay informed about the great things you were doing, um, it was a little intimidating to reach out via Facebook and be like, hey, we should sit down and talk about not just, like, what you're doing, but, like, how did you get to there in your past and everything you've learned, so uh, thank you for saying yes to that and uh, really modeling uh, the willingness to share and build others up that I know you are such a strong advocate of so you easily could have been too busy and you made time for this conversation I'm so appreciative of that
1: well thank you for having me
0: Well, Brooke can be found all over Twitter uh, and also online at brookewhitlow.com. If you would like to follow hashtag HCSInnovate or hashtag KYGoDigital, you can see some of the amazing work that Brooke is out there doing. She's on Facebook, on Twitter. And Brooke, can you remind everyone of your Twitter handle?
1: At bwhitlowedtech.
0: Well, you can also find more about Brooke and Boss Lady Coaching, our Facebook page. We've got a link to her amazing work up there. And just can't wait to keep in touch and see what great things she will continue to do. So keep shattering that glass ceiling.
2: And this is where I'm going to throw Megan a curveball. (laughs) <laughs> um, th- and you did a wonderful wrap-up by the way so yeah. I'm not gonna ruin I'm that for you to this, is- <laughs> this is gonna be an outtake and Brooke doesn't know this either or maybe you do I don't know uh, you were talking about um, being authentic and that's really important and uh doing something that makes you really uncomfortable so I'm going to do something my heart is pounding I'm going to do something that makes me really uncomfortable right now (laughs) okay um back you were talking about dates and you're very specific about the times when these things or you took these opportunities and things these things happened for you oh don't cry Sorry. during that time I was going through postpartum depression And I was having a really hard time at my job. And I was going through a divorce. And I kept seeing all these wonderful things happening for you on Facebook. And I couldn't handle it anymore. So I unfriended you. And I unfriended you because I was raised that women are supposed to be in competition for each other. Or with each other. Not to encourage each other. And I saw your successes as my failures. And everything that was going wrong in my life looked like perfect in your life. And I see now. I have the wisdom to know that. I'm sure things weren't perfect. Like you said, you were cursing every step of the way some things that you were trying to learn. But that was really tough for me. So uh, I just blew Megan's mind. But, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry I unfriended you. But that was me. And I realized that we are not in competition with each other. And I was not raised, frankly, I had one mentor growing up one. And um, other than that, to me, women were in competition with each other. And it's taken me this long, I'm 38 years old, it's taken me this long to realize that we have to encourage one another and we have to cheer on one another and that we have to help each other um, shatter that glass ceiling so I'm gonna stop right there and I'm gonna let what happens happens but I'm just being honest no, up in here. I, I so I'm shaking right now Aww. that was really tough
0: That is so touching Holly and I just so appreciate your honesty because I think what you're talking about is not just to encourage each other blindly but to really be honest about like this looked really easy but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. easy and <laughs> yeah. everything
2: that you said and all the dates that you mentioned were just like those were very those were um touch points for you those were um th- things that i thought looked easy were not easy right so thank you for being honest Aww. about that
0: we don't talk about that enough and yeah. certainly, you know, can always dig into that more. We need to have, like, definitely, like, the extended cut of every <laughs> conversation, probably. Because it's like, here's everything that sounds great, but mm-hmm. then, you know, there's 15 things that didn't work for everything that we try mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, as exciting as those end results coming together can be, there are, I know I have my moments where I'm melting down to a partner or a mentor, uh, I'm having to go ask somebody for guidance, and how do we get more transparent about talking about those things because... Mm Because we all have them. And the point is, how do you keep pushing and how do we keep Mm -hmm. going so that that's not the end of the story? And, you know, the fact that this has come full circle now Mm -hmm. where you can confront that experience of, you know, it was hard to see that reminder of things that you felt like you weren't living up to. Sure. But now look, we're like, literally, we're all sitting around the table and look sure. at how that's come full circle and you being willing to, you know, push outside your comfort zone and have these kinds of conversations. So I think the point is, as long as we're willing to take control of that experience and use it for something good and not let that discomfort mm-hmm. stop us, yeah, and look at what's happening, and look at the wind that's come out of
2: that. Absolutely, and and the, that in a deep visceral way, that's part of the glass ceiling, whether we mm-hmm. want to talk yeah. about it or oh, not. Sure. And what would you say to young women that are dealing with that?
1: Well, I think you know, I think it's important to for mentors and for you know us as grown women to talk about you know all of those things. I mean, my my students that I have at EC three. I try to be as authentic with them as possible you know and um, tell them the stories of you know it's like the cliche picture of like the iceberg you know and success and how this is what people see but they don't see all of this stuff down here but I think they should you know I think they should see all the things that you've been working towards Mm -hmm. and all of the things that haven't you know that haven't worked and Seth Godin I'm telling you I've mentioned him like 807 times (laughs) but tribes poke the box and linchpin they address all of these issues like in in detail and it's been really inspiring to me to just be authentic and transparent in my interactions especially with young women Mm -hmm. well especially on social media now
0: there is this ability to curate what people see and it's funny because like I'll get people that'll say I don't know how you do it like you're everywhere and I usually try to respond with like well that's because I want you to think that because that's what I'm putting out on social media. You know, we're um, that's you know my personal brand. So I'm not gonna be like, yeah, I'm sitting around like yesterday I was <laughs> Doing a uh, laundry and uh, having my kids watch Netflix, and I read a whole chapter of a book, and uh, you know, was not being productive. I was not running anywhere, um, but you know, it's that kind of stuff. Like I'm not sitting there Instagramming. Like here's me doing nothing. So I think we all need to be honest about the fact that like we all need to take that time where we're, you know, not just showing the best and showing that real side, which I know uh, is even harder. We have to be even more intentional now with this. All this great technology, but mm-hmm. the ways that we're painting these pictures, and you know, being in, open about you know, had a really tough week, or this was not, uh, I know I got pretty candid about that on social media lately, where it was one of those weeks, and then this really great thing happened, Um, still to be encouraging where you're not just, you know, downing uh, everything that's happening, but to not gloss over the fact that, you know, there's these hard times, but when you come out on the other side, you just have to keep going for that to happen, and Mm -hmm. it's worth it. So I just love what both of you are sharing and just so grateful of everyone's honesty and willingness to dig deep.
2: A Boss Lady Coaching Podcast is a production of Boss Lady Coaching. All podcast content in this episode is the property of Megan Stith, Holly Sexton, and podcast guests. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.